0: Greetings, little one.
1: Are you a good witch
0: or a bad witch? Bad witch. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. What makes you think she is a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? Got better. Dost thou comprehend? Welcome to real magic a podcast at the crossroads of real witchcraft and Hollywood magic, where paganism and the supernatural meet their reflections in movies and television, and where we talk about what real magical or life lessons we can learn from fictional witches from 100 years of moving pictures. Hello witches and weirdos. Welcome to episode seven of the Real Magic Podcast. I'm your host Jessica Mason and maybe I should have opened this episode with a hello boys to honor today's guest. That's right. Today we have Rowena McLeod herself, the queen of hell, the greatest witch in the world, Supernatural's Ruth Connell joining us. I cannot tell you how happy I am to have Ruth on. If you don't know, Supernatural is my favorite show, and I know I maybe should be a little bit embarrassed by that, especially considering some of the craziness going on in the fandom after the finale, and boy do I mean craziness, you can check out my articles about it on the Mary Sue for all the updates, but I got into pop culture journalism because of the show. The fandom's a huge part of my life, and now a big part of my professional life, so it's really important to me. And Supernatural is the longest-running genre show on American television. It just wrapped up its 327-episode, 15-season run on November 18th. And the stories of Sam and Dean and their battle against heaven and hell and everything in between is something I know we'll talk about a lot here on Real Magic, and it means a lot to a lot of people. But today, we're specifically talking about Rowena who was introduced in Season 10 as the 300-plus-year-old witch and mother of Crowley, the Demon King of Hell. But she became so beloved by fans and was played so well by Ruth that she became a force and a fan favorite on her own. She had her own arcs, she lived beyond her son on the show and ended up as the Queen of Hell in her own right. That's just amazing. So, I spoke to Ruth just a few days after the series finale had aired, so we were both a bit deep in our feels about the end of the show and some of the feelings surrounding it, which are still running pretty high, believe me, but it was a great discussion and I'm so excited for you to hear it. So, here is my talk with Ruth Connell about Supernatural and Rowena.
1: According to the Grand Coven, there are three recognized kinds of witch in the world most common are the borrowers, those who harness the power of a demon in order to practice the art. Owing to recent experience, I doubt you'd have the stomach for that. Secondly, and rarest of all, are the naturals, those who are born with the gift. You're one of those. Well, you are correct. And what's the third? The students, those with no natural ability, who, with enough practice and training and a grand coven approved mentor to show them the path, can eke out a modicum of witchly power. Will you be our mentor? <laughs> well, I'm about as far from grand coven approved as it's possible to be. They threw me out many years ago, disapproved of my methods said my magic was too extreme i was forbidden from using magic from taking students from forming a coven i've been on the run from those utter fannies ever since
0: all right welcome ruth connell to the real magic podcast my first actress celebrity guest on the podcast i'm very very excited to have you Thank you so much for having me my, to be here. My first fellow ginger guest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been for those listeners who don't know, you know, recording this ahead of time, we're recording this about three or four days after Supernatural wrapped its series finale. It's been a long emotional week for the whole fandom. Yes. I cried a lot all week long. But it's great to have you here. And, you know, because Rowena is a character that literally will never die. And so we can talk about her forever.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love like she's just, everything else has happened, um, but she's just still in hell, working away, you know, making hell great again. That's what I've been saying. And
0: (laughs) Definitely the best thing to happen to hell in a long time.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, I think she'd really enjoy being uh, the boss lady and, you know, has a good grasp of what kind of authoritarian leader leadership needs to to take place to happen and uh, I think she enjoys her work very much
0: oh yeah she's got all those very nicely oiled minions around
1: she's got her female fighters she's got the whole nine yards she's got everyone doing her bidding you know and she's sorting shit out I reckon
0: yeah but, but before we talk more about Rowena I want to talk about you because you're amazing uh first thing I like always ask my guests is since this is a podcast about like witches and pop culture was there a witch or magical character that growing up that was like for you like made you believe in magic that you like loved or wanted Um, to be
1: I think I mean off of the top of my head um the first thing that pops into my mind is Samantha from The Witched and how you know in your child's brain watching it just really trying to make your nose wiggle and somehow kind of understanding that if you could just somehow make your nose wiggle that you could make things happen and it being quite a kind of practical magic and at the same time also knowing that it's a tv show yeah um but yeah sort of believing that things like that would be possible um so yeah th- i'd say that yeah I used to come home from school and yeah watch sit down and watch Samantha and Darren and Indora. Oh. and a couple of people have actually likened uh, Rowena's early eyeshadow to, to Indora. and I had to put that together but you know when the fans point out I, I do see
0: I could see that yeah yeah I love Indora because she kind of reminds me of my grandmother like she had oh, really? the same she sort of looked like her and she had that same hairdo and she was just kind of that sort of character who always said what she thought. (laughs) And was she kind of witchy or magical at all? She was from Alabama, which sort of makes her magical in her own way. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, but she wasn't, you know, a witchy person per se. But, you know, that kind of gives me a segue though to, before Mm -hmm. you played Rowena, what was your relationship to like magic or the supernatural like, because you're from Scotland. And to me, I get the impression that Scotland like the other world is a bit closer in Scotland than it is here yeah. in the US. I, it's interesting because uh, in Scotland, I think we're very down to earth. We have our feet
1: in the ground. That's what my dad always says. You know, you keep your feet in the ground. And I think sometimes Scottish people can go quite far in the rest of the world because of that kind of earthiness and practicality. And what's interesting about Scottish, um, not that I'm an expert at all, but What's interesting really, about some of the Scottish myth- mythology and folklore is that when you would die, your spirit would go under the ground, to where you were born. The, your spirit wouldn't fly through the air. The spirit was actually would go through the earth, and um, that's what that song, the Bonnie, Bonnie Banks of Loch Lomond. If you know that song.
0: Yeah, I didn't high know old, that was the, the meaning. road.
1: Yeah, you take the high road, and I'll, I'll take, take the low the road. road. <laughs> it's born Prince Charlie singing to his possible male lover. Uh, or so, male, male soldier friend you know you you go you escape they're in france right you escape over the water over the land and i'm going to go the low road i am going to die my spirit's going to go under the earth and i'll meet you you know on the bonnie bonnie banks of Loch and i'll meet you there um so that's i, I love I, I i kind of i love when I, mean, I mean that's my kind of um loose interpretation of the of, of what i've heard about that but i kind of love that and what When you asked earlier about, or you mentioned your own grandmother, my grandmother, my dad's mum, was a very strong, earthy, practical woman. She ran a farm. She had four children. She ran a haulage business. She spoke different languages. She ran a football team. She was the only woman in the Scottish Football Association. wow. Alex Ferguson writes about her in his biography. And at the exact same time, she would completely believe in her instinct. Uh, for example, one time my dad was on holiday, he was a young man, he was on holiday in the days when people used to not go, it was less common people used to go abroad. Um, my dad went off on holiday with his football team and my grandma felt something had something was wrong and she was very worried about it. And And she said, what, what's happened? Uh, and he had seen a player from the other team that would all been in the water and uh, one of the other players from, um, Italy had, had drowned oh, wow. and he'd be very upset you know they'd all try to help him and it'd been a really awful like, sad experience and so my grandma like somehow picked up on that and entrusted that instinct and so that kind of she wouldn't call it spiritual at all but that kind of innate um, understanding of energy or whatever that would be just seemed to actually be quite a practical thing not a, a woo-woo thing.
0: Yeah, it was just, I feel like in Scotland, Ireland, other places where we're not so separated from the magical or spiritual world, it's just more of a, it's like, it's nature, it's part of life, that's how it is, you know, there's the the good folk and the moon and, you know, the rain, and it's also, there's some magic there. I know,
1: and there's the farmer's almanac, right, that's, they always do everything by the moon. And yeah, no now all the uh, astrologers and everything use the farmers almanac.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's great. You can't go wrong. (laughs) So when you um came to the role of Rowena, you joined the show in season 10, one of the my favorite parts of season 10 for sure. (laughs) Um, what was your like understanding of witches or witchcraft or this character? Because Scotland also has a really long history of like witchcraft persecutions. It was kind of a great choice for this character
1: yeah it made sense right and I'm um, just so grateful that the I mean it's still amazing to me that writers in America would do that and bring that in and it made sense for Crowley's storyline um, yeah and I sort of sometimes think people from other places have more of a perspective in your own culture than you do it's only when you come 5,000 miles away that you see that and for sure, I'd seen a play, for example, before I came out here and The Last Witch of Scotland, I think it was called. And, and I, what I took from it was, you know, uh, women would sometimes pretend or threaten to have this power mm-hmm. as a way of protecting themselves. But the play would, was a really interesting play in that you did start to think that maybe she did have some real metaphysical abilities and you know you know what comes first the chicken or the egg yeah type thing and uh yeah I I feel like in the last five or six years since I got the part I I think there's been such a resurgence of popularity which is um especially you have got Harry Potter there's so you know so many shows on TV now I think when I started in Supernatural I don't know if there was one show called and now we've got Sabrina, you've got The Witcher. I mean, I mean, there's <laughs> buying into witches and then using witches and uh, sort of seem to be everywhere in the last few years, right? I mean, you, you, yeah. you all know much more than me.
0: Definitely. And I definitely think that there is something about also the 2016 election that made everyone sort of pause and reflect and sort of think, you know, how can I change, you know, my perspective on the world and magic and witchcraft and even... This- deepening your spirituality is a way of like understanding and taking some control back in a very uncontrolled chaotic world and like for me this year especially it's been very helpful to have that thing in my life
1: yeah it's interesting the whole world seems to be well maybe the whole western world maybe are seems to be much more open to um acknowledging acknowledging it or or using it and I think some for me some of it was to do with the patriarchy wobbling slightly and the rise of kind of slightly feminine power you know mysticism the mystical like being allowed um I, I that's maybe a bit of a broad perspective but it seemed to be that there's that a lot of what would be called witchcraft or witchery or or witches would be more feminine or female yeah this energy and power and, and not that there's not male witches and all that too but
0: Yeah, witches have always been, whether they were female or male, they've always been a marginalized identity. They've represented marginalized people and they were often women who were older and it's just such an intersectional thing. And now as we've become more aware of intersectionality and marginalization and Mm -hmm. understanding that we've also become aware of more accepting of witches in a really new and interesting way that's very different from like the 90s, you know, craft sort of wave of Uh, witchcraft.
1: I just saw online. I follow the Tarot Lady.
0: Oh, I love Instagram,
1: her. Yeah, she's great. And uh, she posted something the other day. There's a dating site now for people who are into. I don't quite know what it's called. But, you know, oh, that so sounds people. great. I was like there we, there we go. Uh, <laughs> but but I um, I remember doing this uh, piece of research a long time ago, um, and a lot of it was based on one article in the Guardian. But I did look b- beyond that, and the article was explaining how. Um, you know there was this sort of genocide really of women,
0: mm-hmm.
1: 40,000 women were killed um, after the um, uh, is it the Maleficarum, how do you say it?
0: Malleus Maleficarum. Yeah.
1: came out yeah. and what it came down to was that you had uh, two churches, the Catholics and the Protestants in Europe and they were like there's no such thing as witches, it doesn't exist, that power doesn't exist, there's only God, Jesus etc sure. and then membership was dwindling and it used to be back in the day, you'd give 10% of your earnings to the church that you were in. So in order to get more membership, they actually said, no, actually there are witches and we know how to deal with them. We burn them, we drown them, we test them. And so that we'd get, it, it was a financial yeah. uh, you know, motivation and that women just were the collateral damage, You know, as you are saying, marginalized, but women just were. <laughs> yeah. marginalized element of society and so, 40,000 of them lost their lives so that people could make
0: uh, money. Yeah, it was just that era is so, you know, horrifying. And it's, it's about, you know, finding an enemy to consolidate power. And we still are literally seeing this today. And but there are still witches will still be around even afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's again, it's a great connection to Rowena because she literally came out of that. Era. Yeah. and she's such a great character because she's a survivor of that era and she kind of exemplifies the witch as a survivor
1: yeah yeah I, I always kind of thought she's maybe born in like 1665 she'd be a 60s baby but like 1665 mm-hmm. I kind of worked out there was one mention at one point um, uh, she's saying to uh, Fergus Crowley you know flop sweat you know I haven't seen you sweat like that since you know since the plague and so I figured for her to remember the plague even if she didn't really even if it was just yeah. a reference she would have had to have been around and the last great one was like maybe 17 1675 uh, I think in Scotland uh, anyway so that was like that's where I placed her not that the writers ever said that or I don't think I maybe said that before out loud, but.
0: I-, I love that though because like the show gives us you know the show just gives us a starting off point for some of the fandom like okay we got like one off mention here and we are going to go off and i'm sure there are novels of fanfic written about you know rowena in the 1700s i would read that fanfic
1: definitely. i would love i mean it's it's just i mean you'd have to make however many more seasons to do stuff like this but i you know I would imagine if like a flashback episode the way that you had with crowley with gavin yeah imagine a flashback one with rowena um you know, kind of in the dark, you know, the Tanner's daughter, kind of in the dark, but mixing something up and, you know, making something happen. And so she could escape and make a better life for herself. I would have loved, I'd love to have explored um, and had the opportunity to do to do an episode yeah. like that, or a or a spin-off.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be I would I will watch that spin-off in a heartbeat. You know, I'm sure the CW is totally listening to this podcast. So come mm-hmm.
1: on. <laughs> I actually had a discussion with a lady, um, my friend um uh Trevor who was on Supernatural for an episode, he has a friend who's written a book and I'm gonna my name's gonna my, my brain's gonna blank on the name and I actually spoke to the author because it could have been a book that you could have used sort of as an origin story that would have tied in with uh, Rowena. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have quite have my producer's hat on strongly or firmly enough to really, you
0: know, yeah. pick up the, the pieces and really run with it. <laughs> so when you as you've gone through this role what kind of research have you done into like into the real history or real magical practices and how has that like informed your life because I know you've kind of become more involved in yeah spirituality and magical practice
1: I think my I think a lot of it I I use my imagination and I thinking into the the human element of um you know Rowena empowering herself by just being really good at something and magic yeah. is thing. it's like her god in a way and then understanding like even just reading um, that book I will remember the name or I will tell you you can you can add it in. Uh-huh. Um, where you know understanding it more as the other element of witchcraft and, and you know you got the paganism aspect where you're just honoring the sun and the moon and all the all the things that all our festivals, from whatever religion, are all based around.
0: Yeah, the, the also, earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and also the herbal element of it, where there were the apothecaries of their day. Yeah, They would bruise yeah. to help people or to poison them. Yeah. Or, or So understanding the more herbal elements of it, and I suppose taking with a pinch of salt, you know, the the supernatural show element of ma- of magic, whereby you know you would add this and this thing and we do have blades and we have things from angels and demons that therefore really amp up this this Mm -hmm. spell work. Um, Mm And understanding the sort of incantation element of it more by having to learn some of the languages, just obviously just in phrases, but going into the Latin more. And I think I did African, Polish, Irish, um, Scottish, Gaelic yeah and so sort of just like, like picking up as I would go and exploring it more um, mm-hmm. and I remember Jared saying to me one time doing this because we both he and I studied Latin at school and we're both doing this like big strong Latin incantation and him afterwards going uh, I hope we didn't just like you know uh, summon the devil kind of thing.
0: Yeah because you know the thing I love about Rowena is that she kind of exemplifies the part of magic where it's not just about the words and the spells. It's about like your will and your inner like focus and power. And she is such a inner power to her that that's what makes her a great witch. It's not her. She's not like a different species and she didn't get her power from a yeah. demon, which I love.
1: Yeah. And then she's self-realizing and self-saving.
0: Yeah. and, and, and
1: Yeah. There was one time, this is where, I think the magic is there and the magic can be just that you tune into it and see it and realize the matrix that we are in and that's it's about getting into flow and that is the magic in that I remember one time having to say this incantation um maybe it's funeralia um is that the one where I'm like on the ground inside the, the lilac and
0: oh I think that one's various and sundry villains. I always get yeah, it's st- also Steve st- Yaki yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think one was airing, and I was filming one. Yeah, oh. you know, I think maybe Funeralia I was about to air when I was filming. That was the other way around, but um, I remember this incantation. I think it's Steve Yockey I had written it, and it could have been the words that I needed to say just for myself at that moment in my life, and feeling like that crossover of and that's happened with me with Rowena in the show so much, where I imagine something and then it comes through, and just that sort of the magic is the alignment and the lining up of like-minded people and situations whereby things can flourish and creativity can flourish. And that's magic to me. That's, I love that magic. That's what I look for in my life all the time. Play with this and I'll tell you a story. Okay. Once a beautiful witch was Again, run out of her homeland by those pompous, self-righteous, murderous hooligans. You know them as the British Men of Letters. Mm. She sought refuge with a family of witches. All she wanted was a roof over her head and a safe place to hone her magic. Yet, they threw her out like... like common trash. Said she wasn't up to snuff. Oh, these witches sound like dicks. I think you have plenty of snuff. <laughs> you can really remember nothing, can you? What a gift not to
0: recall the things you've done. Stories themselves are magic, you know. Whether you're participating in creating one or in experiencing one, it is a journey into another world that changes what how you think and what you feel, and that's like that's literal magic right there. Absolutely, absolutely, and
1: you know, I there was what was it, I learned yet There's something I learned yesterday, and I was like, I was exactly this, this old when I learned this thing that you, you know. Oh, I know what it was. It's, it's just such a stupid thing. And um, there was a phone charger, and it was taking a long time to charge, and I was like, oh. I, if you have a bigger plug it charges faster I mean oh my goodness dumbest thing but like you know you learn new stuff every day and when you do read stories and go into books and you you learn these things that are true for other people and at the front of their their minds but hasn't occurred to you before and it is a kind of magic
0: (laughs) practical magic it is all these different things (laughs) and the way that stories can like Reach out and touch people, or inspire them, and that's definitely—I mean—for supernatural, that's like the legacy of the show—is how much it is touched people and inspired people.
1: It has, yeah. I there's a quote from the History Boys that Alan Bennett play, and he talks about how when you read something that a writer wrote a long time ago and you, you recognize it, and they've encapsulated a thought or a feeling you're having now, it's as if somebody reached out a hand through time, and you're not
0: alone. Yeah, I literally um, have that quote in the start of my uh, one of a book I'm writing.
1: You do? I <laughs> yeah, such... I know
0: the exact quote you're talking about.
1: Oh my goodness. I can still remember sitting in the theater and oh, it landing inside me. And um, I think I do. I understand that for a lot of people, supernatural has done that. It's, you know, there's they've recognized their own pain, trauma, love, uh, experiences. Um, through this story that has these two very kind of, you know, two men from Texas, half the but they're hunting spirits and demons. And then, all, you know, with such a huge LGBTQ, uh, yeah. you know, fandom that everyone can see themselves. And that is really magic. And yeah. like, Eric Kripke sell his soul to the devil so that so many people from such a cross-section of society could all love
0: this yeah. show. We sold it to Mark Shepard, maybe? <laughs>
1: And Mark Shepherd took
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, do you have like you talked about that moment in uh, *Various and Sundry Villains*? Do you have any other favorite like magical moments for Rowena, like in the show throughout her run? Because she had so many great kind of moments of power. Oh, I
1: think you know the the um, the finale on Thursday. The um, there was the documentary that hour long. Yeah. Beforehand and I mean it's five years ago six seasons ago where I'm at the end of season 10 you know throwing stuff in the bowl um to you know I basically I walk away with the book
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they're all stuck you know uh Fergus Crowley's stuck to the floor so it's you know and Yeah, I she,
0: you turn Cass into like crazy and
1: yeah yeah and a couple of things happened around that moment where I was watching the monitor and I could see myself and I thought how am I there wasn't a replay and I was like how am I it was a weird split second moment I was like how am I there and I'm here at the same time and it wasn't the stunt double uh, <laughs> one of those weird like, oh that's the magic of television those things really work and then being in the situation and sort of feeling so in my element as Ruth so in my power so, sort of, it was one of the moments in my life where I was like, I'm like 12 episodes into the show, walking away with, you know, Rowena's walking away with everything at the end of the show, this season. And like, and it feeling so, like, having such a good time working with Misha and, you know, Jared and Jensen and Mark and also Felicia had just been there recently um, for an episode. I just feeling so like life can be magic you know what what an amazing thing that I'm here doing this and doing this magic and sort of life feels incredibly magic having had I think like a terrible personal year like the year before 2013 and this was into 2014 maybe in 2015 if it was the last episode
0: yeah yeah I I was very very pregnant then so I remember
1: you were there's magic for you too and yeah yeah so that magic moment maybe wasn't you know it was obviously you know it's a very technical thing you get into when you throw it at this bit you have to do the same thing and I was trying not to grind things too heavily and make too much noise because that's my theater and Phil was like we're not using your audio and just do it (laughs) and stuff like so there's a lot of technical things going on but for me like the magic was in just being in that position playing Rowena and doing it It was magic it was one of the best moments of my life
0: yeah I always thought that was very magical like the way Rowena's a uh, wardrobe has evolved like there was a f- like two seasons where you were always in like just a fabulous evening gown no matter what the situation was and it's kind of she sort of it got a bit more practical in later seasons but I just love that it was just like
1: yeah. she's always
0: in, in, in a beautiful evening gown that's just it, how she rolls
1: <laughs> it started off um it said that I was the ruin was from mysterious woman from a different time and place and in the very initial caution with Kerry uh, who was of wardrobe, um who head a wardrobe there were some, what I would say, would be you know they're shopping in Vancouver and you know they order things online and whatnot. But there were some very what I would say were American lady dresses that I had seen people wear in the show, cut off arms and knee length. And I just there was a couple of things that were more Stevie Nicks. And we mm-hmm. talked about it a little bit. There was a black kind of you can't really see my first ever episode, but I was wearing a really cool sort of angelica Houstonish skirt and off the shoulder top. And I I know it suits me. I can't dress anyone else I can dress my body and I just I really didn't want it to be like this kind of American lady mom dress it it did not feel good to me and Kerry was really on board with that too and so the evening gowns kind of came accidentally out of it in that they were looking for slinky things that would fit because I'm petite you can't put too many bulky things on me so some of it came out of just that it sort of you know metamorphosized into this kind of sparkly evening gown thing that was slightly accidental I think but I sort of thought why not and it's fabulous and fun and people seem to love it and the eyeshadow and everything and then I think it was Eugenie um felt quite strongly that me you know Rowena was smart and she, you know she was going to catch up with the times a little bit and yeah and I, I like that and I, I like the pantsuit thing I thought the power pantsuits and stuff made a lot of sense so there was a lot of thought behind um you know, and there was a real reason in that season, um, season uh,
0: 14 that she really changed. It was 13 or 14. I was thinking after she'd kind of been killed by Lucifer. That's it.
1: Yeah, and it yeah. was like, now she wants to meet her Republican, you know, have lunch at the tennis club, have a little, you know, and just have an easier life, like what's been the point of all kind of thing. And it made sense that she'd be a more practical, modern wardrobe.
0: Yeah, and also I feel like it's, it makes sense that Eugenie would be for that, because I don't know if- people who watch listening, Eugenie Ross Lemming has a very cool personal style. Like she's got green hair. Every time I met her, she's in like the coolest boots. Uh, she's cool personal style. She is. She, and she's formidable as well. And oh yeah well, and irascible and all the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I owe, I
1: owe Eugenie a lot. You know, I think she personally um really was invested in Rowena and I'm you know her and Brad of course and then um, and just so lucky uh, that like Meredith and Bob Behrens and Steve Yocky really picked up the gauntlet and, and ran with it for Rowena and really, really took care of her not just being tossed by the wayside but having a through line and having a real purpose and, you know, and I'm so grateful, you know, Andrew Job, you know, <laughs> went with them, <laughs> went with them on that and yeah and really I suppose if I, you know, going back to all Jeremy Carver just enjoying Rowena and annoying Crowley so much that I was a lot you know given that that base to go from before he left I'm super grateful to him too
0: yeah and I love that Rowena like you talk about especially with Steve Yaki's episodes like they're some of my favorite Rowena episodes and Meredith Glenn's too but I, I love the way Steve seems to so much so clearly love Rowena as much as we do and give her these just wonderful media episodes and mm-hmm. how her narrative has been like about power and survival and taking her power which is I think of like the ultimate witchy thing mm-hmm. and the fact that Rowena like you've died I think three times I th- yeah and I think I'm dead like I'm human I mean, dead yeah but you're now queen I mean, of hell and I just love eternally. that. You- a maternal now yeah there's no no end to Rowena there always um Bob
1: Behrens and I would
0: talk he uh, what I
1: liked about Bob's take on Rowena was more like the kind of scavenger cat survivor you know she never actually was a megalomaniac really
0: no she I just wanted to keep going
1: yeah yeah and we talked about the fact that she was like a cat with nine lives and she couldn't remember if she was on like life seven or eight
0: you know what I mean yeah. like
1: she lost a couple in a few drunken scuffles mm-hmm. Whatnot earlier on, um, she was sort of a raggedy cat. Like is she, is she admitting cats, she would be Grisabella. Oh yeah. And when she goes to the Heavy Side Lair, that's hell actually for for her.
0: The heavy Side Lair's hell, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I just love that final season arc for Rowena because I was so like, you know, everyone's sobbing because she's just her, her you know, he mortal when she shuffles off the mortal coil. It's a really he typically
1: looks back and. Yeah.
0: your beautiful pink dress and exactly um
1: that was what Barry would have to thank for
0: that Just
1: yeah a, a ending.
0: um yeah and it was beautiful and I love that it really I love that she had that special connection with Sam because you know so a lot of people can get, get their connection in the show was with Dean because he's such an emotional character but I love that Rowena had that connection with Sam and that it kind of paid off later in the season.
1: Yeah, I I love that I had these different relationships with everyone. I there was a few scenes that I got to do with Misha that maybe were in the outtakes. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was an interesting relationship where she sort of wanted to peel his wings off, and he was so fun and literal, and you know, a little bit you know she was you know he was fascinating in his own way. And Dean, I'd say she was the most scared of, like she mm-hmm. knew he would do the thing. Yeah. But Sam, there was this gentler understanding because they
0: were both these trauma survivors. Yeah, that was such a great connection for them talking about, like, they also, and they were traumatized by the same entity with Lucifer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And isn't that interesting? Because, you know, nowadays with um, all the awareness we have around abuse of power and abuse, and, you know, both, she's a woman, Sam's a guy, but both similarly abused by this entity and sort of taking away sort of the the shallow end of, of, of sexuality or because we know what we obviously was interested in being the posh and becks of mm-hmm. with you know that's what she had her, her original design on Lucifer would have been that but actually similarly abused and tortured and hurt and Sam in his own way you know and, and sort of been a great sort of great equalizer in that way that abuse is abuse and trauma is trauma and um, that they both were finding their way through it and found a little bit of solace in that mutual understanding. Mm-hmm.
0: And the Rowena, much like the Winchesters, is like an empowering character because she is one of those people that has been traumatized. And it's a sort of like a little, you know, she's got magic and power, but she's still going up against cosmic forces standing her ground you know and sometimes flirting with them or with gabriel and sometimes (laughs) and she's not had a minute of therapy i mean that's like
1: like, that's the difference i think sam's probably more likely to at least had had a conversation with somebody Rowena hasn't it's just that quite and it's quite scottish you know your head down get on with it and just get through it and i i really thought at one point um where we I didn't have to fight hard, but I really stood up for Rowena um, at one point when we were kind of at the end of the season and it's the darkness. And I love, you know, I, I, got on, I got on so well with Emily and she she was really helpful in this moment where it was supposed to be that Rowena kind of zapped the darkness and it did nothing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I understand, you know, I understand there has to be stakes and, and, and how powerful she has to be. But I was like, it has to do something. I understand yeah. that this is not where her real element and power lies and just attacking somebody with a zap, you know, a zapping energy and you're supposed to fry the darkness. I understand that can't happen, but it has to count for something that, her, you know, she's supposed to be the most powerful witch on earth, but, you know, her power in many ways would, would always be in her intelligence and having a, a third, a, a third backup plan, a fourth backup plan, and, you know, that kind of intelligence rather than just brute force.
0: Yeah. Magical. Which is again is very witchy. is are, you know, it's the the left hand path. It's the crooked way. They're not going to be the ones with the weapons. They're going to be the ones with the wits. Mm-hmm. And that's just yeah. so Rowena
1: Yeah, and and then also, you know, I, I she she was complicated and mixed up, and and that's fabulous. It's not she wasn't always strong, and but at the same time, I sometimes I remember I'm really going in a, in a sort of fight scene they would written slaps, and I'm like I want to punch her, like. Why would she not also have a little bit of
0: physical... Oh, yeah. She's she's been in some street fights, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of going back to her look, this sort of touches into a theory I have, is that all the best witches are redheads. Mm -hmm. We've got Glinda, you've got Winifred and Hocus Pocus. You have... um, Nicole Kidman and Practical Magic. There's just so many great redheaded witches. When you were cast, were they looking for redheads or no, not because there have been a lot of great redheads on Supernatural. I know it was kind of almost. I almost thought
1: I got this message that the, my agent, I speak to my agent. They wanted to say something about my hair, and I thought they were going to ask me to dye it black or something um, because there have been so many redheads. And actually, what it was, I'd done the audition with my my bangs back because I felt um. it was more. Old fashioned or yeah I yeah. just felt like something it was more dramatic and uh, my face is you know I it, the bangs soft you know I understand in television you know you do certain things just you know to look prettier it's a CW and all that so actually they'd asked me would I mind cutting bangs like my photograph and I was like oh no I have the bangs I just could push them back but yeah I thought it was going to be that they were going to say diet there were one redhead too many um and
0: but no it didn't it didn't it didn't that wasn't the thing that wasn't a problem so it wasn't it, but it certainly was not deliberate who, who was it who like when you first came on like said like oh another ginger was it Jensen
1: it was so it was
0: um <laughs> oh. he was directing that,
1: that first ever scene where had the dead bodies pinned on the wall yeah. and it was he talking to Serge the cinematographer he was like leaned up against the wall looking at and he's like another redhead um and yeah and I kind of had a little I I had a, I sort of had a feeling somebody would say something like that. And I had a little bit of a, um, I had a little bit of a line ready. Like I had a little bit of a, a, a one-liner ready, like, and, or, you know, I, I, and I, I just smiled and say anything. I was still too shy at that point.
0: But, you know, but red
1: I, I had to imagine somebody would say something about it. I had imagined that, yeah.
0: Well, because red hair is, I think, very magical, you know there's been you know some ginger persecution not but it's like you have like goddesses like the morgan and brigid are like portrayed with red hair and it's just being redhead is i mean i'm a redhead by choice yeah (laughs) Yeah. it makes me feel more magical to have red hair
1: yeah it's um it's i mean genetically there's only like two percent of the population have ability I think or something so mm-hmm. it is that thing where it's the marginalized you know oh the strange the strange one it's you know obviously some parts of the world is less strange mm-hmm. uh, it's my school you know especially boys I think we would be tortured almost you know yeah um, I always thought it was really beautiful my my hair was red when I was born it was very ginger when I was born it got darker and darker yeah. so I sort of I feel like I have the ginger gene but no, obviously I, I bump it up, but I, I definitely, I'm envious when I see red hair, well, really red hair people. I'm
0: envious. I'm like, I feel like a calling. <laughs> a calling yeah. I, I, yeah, I've been like during the pandemic, trying to find like the right at home hair color has been a struggle. Mm-hmm. I've been through so many and I used to have like, I had bangs for a while. Cause I'm like, Oh, Rowena has bangs. I'll have some cute bangs. And they're, they're now, you know, to my chin. So. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> been tough a tough covid year for here oh it's been so kind of talking about like the end of the show your episode where you're queen of hell was that meant to be your final episode or was it or I mean if you can't talk about it, I understand I, and I can edit it no, out but I know it wasn't I don't think
1: um definitely not um covid has changed different things um it was on that day um there was a lot of time spent in stunts. It was Richard was directing an episode and um can you hear it? Yeah. yeah so it was supposed to be um so, you know so it's on the day um when we were filming that last scene, it's obviously just like a kind of segue scene that mm-hmm. you know they go on. it's not like a, an ending ending scene. Yeah. Um and it was we shot it quite quickly. And I left late at night, didn't really say goodbye to people properly. I'd, I'd kind of, I'd actually bought quite a lot of the, the crew, different gifts um, and whatnot at that point to say goodbye. I don't know why, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe in some level I knew, but I definitely did not think it was my last trip to Vancouver or in any way. I was in no way aware like, oh, this is my last moment as Rowena. Yeah. You definitely. didn't get to
0: hear him call like, oh, that's a series wrap on Ruth. And... No, exactly. No, yeah. Definitely
1: not and then um, as time went on you know things were shifting and changing I knew I did know what the plan was I don't know if I am allowed to say yet even though it's aired there was a plan Um, it was cool (laughs) Um, I yeah and you know my one takeaway from all is that she's still there yeah and I love that that's been left open-ended and there nothing nothing's taken away from her power and to me that's more important than me getting to film another scene or another Mm -hmm. episode or you know that's more important
0: yeah
1: in the folklore that that's where Rowena is and there's no harm done to her there yeah
0: and I mean I love it was such a beautiful like emotional goodbye with the rupture where you had like your death, and then then, like seeing you as queen of helps this great like grace note at the end like i there's more and Rowena's story will go on and exactly. I love that even though exactly. I would have loved I would have loved to see every single person on the show back for the finale and COVID just didn't have that in the cards no I know so <sighs>
1: I think they did yeah. well I I did, I think they did well I know and this is uh, um I have stayed offline a little bit in the last few days um it, I know people are so
0: passionately in, Oh, pardon. That's a good idea right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, you know, And it's a double-edged sword because, you know, we talked about at the beginning of this, how people are so invested in the show and it means so much to them. So, of course, people are very passionate in their response. And I understand that. And with lockdown, everything's intensified. So I mm-hmm. kind of don't want to judge anyone for their impassioned response either way to what they think or feel you know, that's a measure of their investment.
0: Yeah, it's been a 15-year uh-huh. trip for some people. I mean, it's been a yeah. long...
1: And I think there is a thing, an awareness that we have to grow in ourselves about how we speak to each other online, that these kind of phrases that seem a bit like, um, you know, maybe the tone when you're saying it inside your own head is a bit like, you know, a bit snark. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, but when the, when you read it, it actually lands like, really harshly and unkindly and and quite disturbing for the person reading it. I think that happens a lot. So I, I have very little judgment on everyone's outpourings. I've sort of just muted myself a little bit to it. I agree with some of them. I disagree with some of them. Overall, I'm glad that everyone's so invested. I hope that we do remember to speak to each other like we're in the same room together as human beings. I think it's possible yeah. to have debate and disagree and not vilify and trash the people that we're talking to or about
0: yeah like for me even like from like um witchcraft magical point of view that's the idea that words have power and energy and even when you're saying things online when you think you're just like typing them into your phone you're still like sending some energy out into the world and you have to be aware of what kind of energy you're sending and you know depending on what traditions you follow that energy can come back and you don't want that to come back and you don't want to come back and you don't want to hurt people yeah
1: yeah, it's honestly just really tiring oh god yeah it's it's really exhausting I got bitten in the ass the week before for the first time I have to say in six years I've never really I've heard about it I've heard other actors feel upset about and I've just never personally been I never I don't know it's not happened to me and then it happened to me the week before um, I tweeted that, I, you know, I just was, I loved the fandom so much because it was trending worldwide. There's Trump, Putin and the hashtag yeah. was DSTL, and I wasn't making a comment for or against it or all the nuances around it. I was just going, wow, like our voice is so loud. Yeah. And then I got some questionable responses to that and I made the mistake of responding and eventually I just had to shut it all down and I removed myself entirely because, I, you know, it was. I was getting tied up in knots over something that I had really not made a specific comment about either way. And people are allowed their interpretations and their viewpoints and what, whatever you want it to mean to you. Yeah. Your grievances too. You're allowed. But when there's comments about how much I may or may not respect a colleague or a colleague, especially oh. like the exception because. I am utterly professional in my respect for everybody that I work with so I saw so that yeah so I thought gosh I'm now getting upset here and this is not what this is I have only love really really only love for yeah. all of this experience and so I just I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not doing it anymore I'm just yeah. not I can't get into it oh, I'm very I, have sorry I, have, I said, have I said too much
0: even just in commenting on it no no that? I think that I'm very sorry that that happened you know I've I've even just as like a journalist or as a fan who had the wrong opinion, I've gotten all sorts of, you know, lovely people trying to, you know, get me fired from my freelance job, which is no longer freelance, but you know, there's definitely been some darker sides to fandom dislike with anything. But I love that moment though. I wrote an article about all these memes about people finding about Putin possibly stepping down from dusty L memes. And it was, it was the weirdest night on the internet. Seriously, like I'm like trying to recover from the election anxiety and I was I was not expecting any of that episode really. I kind of I'm a big I'm a big fan of that ship. I was not expecting it to happen. <laughs> and... I just
1: honest to God stopped in my tracks, saw my friend Misha
0: play a beautiful
1: moment. Like Oh ah, so good. Sublime. It moved me to tears. It was not saying whether um Dean was gay or not in my opinion it wasn't saying anything it, to me it was about love um and yeah I think he was explaining that he adored this man and yeah. all that means um in that moment and it certainly was no comment on I mean no nobody at that point nobody is doing anything they don't want to do nobody's at nobody's in a scene that they don't want to be in at that point I'm sorry yeah you're, you know, I, I loved it. I love Misha's acting and just as much as I loved Jared and Jensen's acting in the finale, whatever you say about it, I thought they, they moved me to tears again. I um, thought they both did a beautiful, beautiful job. And I, that's what I responded to my yeah. friends. I love and adore really getting to act their pants off. Mm-hmm. And that you know they, they, I, there's something about as an actor you do you know you've, you get paid you get to do this you get to do all these things but honestly most actors I know at the end of the day the most important thing is to feel that you really hit the moment
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's what moved me was my seeing my friends really hit moments and
0: move people oh yeah
1: so- your opinion is on around it
0: yeah i mean the i cannot fault anything about the performances and the finale or 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 this whole season it's been really just been a whole like like even you like just talking about all these beautiful goodbyes and i think the show has attempted to like give everyone every story their moment and give everyone that moment to shine as the fan have appreciated that
1: i think they really have and it's by no means i'm sure perfect for everybody's wants and needs it's a tall order and i think with COVID as well i really do think They've really consciously, really tried their best. Everybody did. And yeah, there's, yeah, there, and it's good that there's questions raised about certain things and uprooting yeah. points for sure.
0: Yeah, my, for the um episode 18, like the cast, you know, said, I love you. And it was, Destiel was trending. It was a really amazing episode. Like that, that was also the week of the election. And I have been like, you know, doing anxiety tarot reads, all week like you know pulling a single tarot card like okay you know make it be you know the three of swords make it be you know Donald Trump is going away and I kept drawing I drew the lover's card like three or four times and I'm like what is that why do I keep doing this and I'm like oh and then a week later I'm like was my tarot direct tell- spoiling me on Dusty L? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think um, yeah the lover's card is to do with choices yeah and which way are you going to go which way are you going to go
0: and
1: yeah. um. I'll tell you my full woo-woo story about the um, election was that um the tarot lady you know she does her her stuff every day on Instagram and she said a couple of things about the charts of Kamala and Biden and Trump and my takeaway was well, it was gonna go their way
0: I sort of kept my
1: head when all about me were losing theirs, and I'm like, it was
0: purely based purely based on an instinct and woo I woo. I will say the astrologers I follow were much more accurate in like when things were going to happen and how than all the political analysts because they're like, no, no, Mercury is just coming out of retrograde right around here, but it's still in a square with Jupiter. Like you're not going to get anything until this day, and then it happened. It's Like okay, you guys are right. I'm not listening to Nate Silver anymore. I'm just listening to some astrologers.
1: I know. And it ha- actually, there was an astrologer um, that my friend had emailed me four years ago. She was campaigning for Hillary and she was like, oh, my God, my Ayurvedic astrologer sent me this. And he was like, you know, called it for Trump four years ago. And so I think there can be. I'm sure for every astrologer that said one thing, there may be another one that said another. I'm sure. <laughs> the ones that I had seen it was more about that Venus was high in the sky above the White House and it had to be better for women and that was where I took all my I was like right okay well I think from for my money that for it to be better for women it has to be more that Kamala has a say and she's there somehow So that's uh-huh. why it came down for me to women, women girl power that's what it came down to
0: great yeah and you played play, and you've played and brought us such a wonderful powerful woman that we will cherish always do you have just like as a final like a favorite, you know, moment? There's so many great moments. Like I loved you having a great dialogue with the hamster. Yes, that was, uh, yeah. Um, do you? Do, yeah, I was gonna say. Do you, do you? wonder what happened to the hamster, but it was a real hamster, or, or there did I, there was a it, hamster it happened, that showed but, up at Comic Con. Yeah, you know.
1: And so all of it, I, it's I, you know, I've got such a strange memory for things, but like I, Terrell three was the lady that played all of it and was turned into the hamster and she just turned up in an episode of the boys and I was like oh there's Cheryl there's all of it um and and the I did um Robin Rich's podcast uh a couple of weeks ago and I mentioned all of it and you know we had a little reprise so she's alive and well I think perhaps in um in, in Rob's cupboard
0: <laughs> just like Rowena, she just goes on she goes on now The story goes over. Longest living hamster ever. It was a magical hamster. I mean, who knows? Uh, Weirder things have happened on Supernatural. (laughs)
1: Well,
0: thank you so much. Um, Just, you know, for anyone who isn't following you or doesn't know, is there any projects you're working on or ways to, you know, I don't want to know you're on Twitter, but not as much (laughs) I always ask how do people follow you on Twitter but
1: yeah no I no I do I do go through I do I used to pride myself on reading all the comments um, and I had you know I did because actually what happened after the week before was um people were there very supportive of me I think a couple of people had noticed and like they know that that's not where I come from I'm not very antagonistic and I'm definitely not there to fight with people um so actually there was a lot of really nice support and i do try and read the comments now you know i i I, you know i like the ones i read so please do keep in touch with me (laughs) on twitter and instagram i think it's usually like ruthie ruthie hash connell or ruthie underscore
0: connell i've got blue tick so you should be able to find me oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah thank you again for coming on talking about this show that means so much to us and i know i'm speaking for everyone in the fandom when I say I hope that you and the cast know how much it means to us and we are so thankful and that you guys we know you were doing this final season under impossible circumstances and it's a tense year and for so many of us you know no matter what we disagree with parts of the story this show has been part of our lives and our souls and you mean a lot to us
1: I I mean it's been everything to me it's been my privilege my utter privilege and what a gift to have been allowed to play Rowena and to have been allowed and so accepted into the fandom. And I do want to say with love and respect, I understand. I do understand the passion and the frustration and the I understand. I am not saying don't have your time. Really, I get it. I do. And I love that your people are so impassioned about it. And it means so much. And that the really that we are part of this big, huge dysfunctional family and that there is enough space to hold everyone there it really has and I've learned that I come I'm an only child and I feel like the cast the extended cast the convention crew the people that I've really you know would call some my closest friends and family now I've learned a lot and that there is space we can hold everyone we have Democrats and Republicans we have you know we have we have everybody watch Supernatural and I love that about the show and I'm so it's been the privilege of my life to have had such a a gift of a part to play within all I'm super grateful to the fans to mm-hmm. you um you're always so lovely and you know you, you get to know people in the circuit and the junkets and everything that we're doing and uh there's been such a lot of love um thank you so much and thank you to anybody that listens I you know I it's been the privilege of my life really
0: yeah we it's changed our lives and we're glad it's changed yours so thank you so much right <laughs> thank you thank you And there we go. That was our talk with Ruth Connell. It was such an honor to have her on and to talk about my favorite show. Since we recorded this, like I said, a lot more crazy stuff has happened in fandom. And it really touches on some of the things we talked about with Ruth, where there's been a lot of really passionate people really hurting for a lot of reasons, just not just the show, but because of COVID and everything going on. And It's been pretty intense online, even for me. So just when you're online, remember that your words have power and use that power in a good way if you can. But if you do wanna find me online and not yell at me, my Twitter is at fangirlingjess or you could read all my writing about Supernatural and everything else, you know, the moving monoliths in California and Utah over on the Mary Sue. If you enjoy the podcast, please review us, subscribe, Give us a rating, tell all your friends, and listen to some of our other episodes if you haven't listened to those. You can follow us also on Twitter at RealMagicPod, and we will be back in two weeks with a new episode with another magical witchy guest, another magical topic. Until then, stay safe out there, and whenever you're in trouble, don't think, what would the Winchesters do? Think, what would Rowena do? Bye. Goodbye. Bye bye. Goodbye, cruel world. Bye bye, cruel world. Goodbye to life. Bye bye, bye. Goodbye.